Do you want to make more Dynasty trades? Sure, we all do. Tune in once a week to the Trade Addicts podcast and see how easy it is to train to be a great Dynasty trader. At Trade Addicts Pod, thousands of men and women have prepared to win championships without sacrificing value. And now, from your phone, car, or computer, you can learn to increase your team's Dynasty value. Many topics such as keep trade by, make amends, and trade addicts trades will get you ready to make your own trades. So make the important call right now and check out the Trade Addicts podcast. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. We are the DLF Dynasty podcast. I'm Dan, that's Ryan over there is Matt, and this is episode 528 of the pod. This podcast is brought to you by the best and easiest place to play fantasy football. That's underdogfantasy.com. Guys, we are so close to real football. I know we had the Hall of Fame game, Matt. It was riveting, right? It was it was incredible. <laughs> um, some surprises, some some not so surprises on who was and wasn't on the field for sure. But at least it was NFL football, right? It, it was. I I just I couldn't. I didn't think I could feel any worse for the Jacksonville Jaguars and their fans. But <laughs> you know, the way they played in in the, the Hall of Fame game. Gave, gave someone reason to be more disappointed with their there team. was there was at least a moment with where they were favored too going into that game yeah. that you know i think people thought maybe maybe they'd play some of their young guys and you know they they jump off and and have a good start to the preseason it just didn't happen the raiders just handled them with with backups really nobody playing um the hall of fame in general though one of my guys one of my favorite packers of all time Leroy butler went into the hall of fame i i had a chance to uh watch his speech and you know hear the backstory and all that stuff so i love the hall of fame i'm kind of a sucker for all that ryan you're so lucky you're going to canton here shortly yeah yeah just just a few days from now uh, look, looking forward to that. And, uh, it, you know, it's become an annual, uh, trip now. This will be the third time and, uh, and my third time to the hall overall. And yeah, v- very cool place. It's cool to be there just a week after the, uh, after the actual ceremony, that's, uh, all the new inductees. It's still, still kind of fresh and all their, uh, uh you know, all their, mementos and, and and jerseys and things are still there to see so yeah really looking forward to that yeah that first year after these guys get in they're the big deal they're the new kids on the block and and you know they really make a big deal out of it so that's cool i wish i could see the butler stuff uh he was one of my faves as i said so we got a lot to get to this week there's so much news it's just kind of pouring in it was hard to siphon through and decide what we were going to talk about we got to talk about some rookies we've we've been kind of letting that stuff slide for a couple of weeks. And there's a lot of these guys in the news. And then we'll mix in some talk about some veterans as well. So uh, let's kick this thing off. The Startup. Matt, last year, last week, rather, you you did our agenda. And, and you, you made a note in there that it was the... Uh, we, we, they were dynasty drum beats the drum beats that are that are happening in dynasty right now that are that are really important and so i'm i'm going to take that as i'm going to take that and run with it these were the things that that we really thought mattered when it came to the last 5 or 6 days what's been going on in the NFL so let's cover them all first jk dobbins i think this is the biggest news of the week honestly i'm a huge jk dobbins fan he returns from the pup list Reports say that he's back on track, Matt, to start in week one in the most run-heavy offense in the NFL behind a great offensive line with the threat of Lamar Jackson running all the time. J.K. Dobbins is maybe the most underrated tailback in Dynasty right now. Yeah, and, and and in redraft, honestly, we've been getting him in like the sixth round of our, our underdog drafts, and I can't imagine right. that's going to happen anymore. But uh, this this is really exciting news, like you mentioned. You know, he's been ready for weeks. It's we've we've had all the sound bites, we've had we've seen the reports of him ready to go, and 
you know, the coach is just saying, I don't know, we better wait till the doctors say it's okay. And the doctors finally said it's okay. So I agree. I think, I don't know if we're going to do a hot take episode, but I think if I, if we were going to do one, one of mine would be that JK Dobbins has a chance to lead. I, I'm just going to say JK Dobbins is going to lead the league in rushing in 2022. Dude, I hope you're right. Cause I, I got him in so many of those underdog leagues. I've been trying to buy him in Dynasty, and it's just not working. Dynasty managers love Dobbins as much as I do, Ryan, and I know you do as well. Yeah, this is this is great news. Uh, this is definitely a pro Dobbins podcast, so we're we're happy to to see and hear this news. And looking at his ADP, uh, we we've got some new August ADP. Of course, it's not new enough to account for this news. It's it's hard to keep up this time of year. But in, in our August ADP that's still being formed, Dobbins had actually dropped to RB17, mm. which is his lowest positional ADP since, uh, since last December. So, and, and certainly lower than where he was this time last year. You know, we had talked about some of those injured players uh, and how, they, how they've come back, how their value has bounced back. Uh, but because of these reports that we've heard over the past few weeks that maybe Dobbins would miss week one or maybe he would even go on the pup list um that that transition back up for his value uh you know it, it, it that kind of changed that took a took a wrong turn so i think we'll see i think we'll see that correct itself pretty quickly uh if you have any late startup dynasty drafts or if you're talking trade in your league this news alone is enough to uh to drastically change the value the old adage that no news is good news doesn't really apply with J.K. Dobbins or really any injured player in Dynasty or in fantasy in general. No news was was bad news for J.K. Dobbins, and he just kept sliding. He was RB15 and 34 yeah. overall last month, and now, as Ryan said, sliding all the way to 17. He's going to be back in that fringe RB1 conversation by the time we get to September for sure. Let's move on to DJ And the Clark. other... Oh, go ahead, Ryan. Sorry, Dan. Just the other piece of news that came out, or, or maybe speculation, was that uh, that Gus Edwards would not be ready for Week One. Hopefully, right. he avoids the pup. We don't. We don't want to see any of these guys miss time. But obviously, that's that's a, a, another plus for Dobbins and potentially giving Dobbins more opportunities with the football early in the season. DJ Chart guys, uh, according to reports, multiple beat writers saying really impressive all camp he's really looked good i have an app that that sends me uh like highlight plays from from training camps everywhere and dj chart's been on there a couple of times where he's completely shook a defender out of their shoes and got wide open one-handed catches big plays over the top chark is kind of an interesting case because it was only a couple of years ago in jacksonville guys that DJ Chark was was really that young phenom that was that had that big breakout, and then injuries set him back. Now signing that one year deal in Detroit, Matt, he's he's an interesting case sliding way down in ADP, but a guy that still has some upside for sure. Yeah, DJ Chark's had a really interesting career. You know, we I don't, I don't remember how you guys felt about him coming out. For me, he felt like a you know kind of a stiff, straight line, fast, big guy that could run down the vertical routes and and hopefully have somebody throw him the ball at that end of the field. And it didn't really work out his rookie season. Uh, and then his second season, he all of a sudden broke out and became the player that his his believers uh, thought he could be. And then you know. T- then the Jaguars just became terrible, right? Uh, he it wasn't really entire, entirely his fall in 2020, but he was injured for a couple of games. And then 2021 missed uh, basically the entire season, right? So this is kind of like his his chance for for redemption in, in Detroit. And, I mean, I, 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 I don't want to buy in, but there is some sense to that. You know, that's all they wanted him to do in Jacksonville. There was a report that in Detroit they're letting him, you know, use the rest of his skills, you know, play a true one, number one receiver role, you know, not just be used as that strictly that deep threat, that contested catch guy. So if that plays out, then I think we have something at least for the early part of the season. Uh, the two problems I see are that, number one, Jared Goff is a quarterback, not the best deep ball in the league, uh, if he is going to be used uh, in that role. Um, and then, you know, Jamison Williams is going to come back at some point. And I, I kind of feel like he's going to be good enough to to take Chark off the field 
pretty much as soon as he comes back. So uh, if, if he's part of that rotation down the stretch, he could hold some value. But I think really the move with, with DJ Chark and Dynasty is get him cheap now. Hopefully he has a few good games to, to start the season and uh, you know probably looking to move on after that if he does have a good start. I guess I have a little bit different take when it comes to Chark. And it's it's maybe that that he is a veteran there. And, and there's there's not an abundance of talent right there in Detroit right yet. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, of course, had the had the big rookie year. But outside of him, at least initially until Williams is back, there there's opportunities for anybody. And Chark is, I would say, the leader in the clubhouse to be that 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 outside receiver, that guy that that pushes, stretches the field, can make big plays down the field, and I think because of that one year contract, that he has that opportunity to to take that job and run with it, have a big season, maybe parlay that into a big contract next year in free agency, and and he could be he could really be the Christian Kirk of next year's free agency. That that that's the I guess the uh, how I see things best case scenario for Chark Ryan. Yeah. I, I really think he's Matt said it, go buy him. He's the wide receiver 58, 122 overall. He's cheap. And he still has the upside to put up wide receiver two ish numbers. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think he's cheap enough that you take a chance on him and see what happens. Uh, and I really, I really see both sides uh, of the argument with this player. Um, I, I think he's probably undervalued based on what he's done in his career. You look at his past three years, which includes that um, that really strong 2019 season, I believe it was, and then of course last year, as Matt said, uh, hard played. When then on the field, he's been a wide receiver one in 19 percent of his games. He's been a wide receiver two in 16% of his games. So essentially a third of the times he's going out there, he's giving you top 24 production. That's kind of what we expect from the type of role he plays that, you know, that, that hit or miss hot and cold uh, deep threat option that he is. But then you think about this lions team, Matt already said it, Jared Goff. They do have, uh, they have St. Brown, they have Swift, they have Hawkinson. All of those guys look like they're ready to go. And, and then you've got Jameson Williams coming in. I think it's just one of those situations that I don't know if, if Jared Goff can support this many weapons. So I think it ends up being what we've seen from, from DJ Chark throughout his career. He's going to have that 25-point game and follow it up with a, a three-point game. And picking those out uh, is going to be a challenge. We talked about underdogger with Jake Robbins. I love DJ Chark in an underdog league. I don't know if I like him that much on my dynasty team. He only played three games last year and in PPR league scored 17.6 points, 13.9. And then he did have that dud where he had just 2.9 points. So going back to what you said there, Ryan, he's going to have some duds. That's just what you get with DJ Chark, but there is so much upside as well. David Montgomery guys has been in the news recently um, there's news that he and Khalil Herbert are to share the Chicago backfield. Reports out of Chicago indicate Montgomery is actually seeing action on special teams, Matt, and that Herbert is mixing in with the fit first string. This is a new coaching staff, new front office as well. None of these guys know David Montgomery, right? They're, they're, there's just as good a chance that they're impressed with Herbert as they are with the with the veteran stud that we've had in Dynasty for a few years here. What's your take on what's going on in Chicago, man? This one is just so weird. I mean, it's just you just don't see really like your starting running back getting you know snaps on special team unless it's just for fun to go out there. Uh, you know, maybe as a backup role or something like that. So I don't really know what to to do with this news other than you know i wasn't really into david montgomery before and i did like khalil herbert before so this just kind of adds adds fuel to that fire um what you said about the coaching staff is definitely true because you know in in some systems i think khalil herbert would look better than david montgomery in a in a one cut and go system herbert somebody that gets up the field quickly montgomery likes to dance uh and then you know my biggest knock on him was that he he can he can avoid those tackles but then he doesn't really have the burst to take advantage of it downfield so um you know there's definitely a scenario where where herbert is is getting significant work and i think you move him up your board a little bit if you like him as a player 
And, you know, Montgomery, I think probably stays about the same, or, or I guess you move him down a little bit, but um, he's kind of already as low as, I mean, assuming he is going to be that volume play, he's kind of as low as I think he can go unless this, this scenario does play out. I really want nothing to do with David. I Montgomery. don't, I'm, I'm yeah. really nervous about that entire <laughs> situation. Herbert, on the other hand, is super cheap. RB 52 in July, 153 overall. He he might be more Tony Pollard than Ezekiel Elliott, if if you know what I mean. More of that that guy that can mix in and look really good doing it in a small sample size. But you hesitate to give him a full workload, Ryan. What what's your take when it comes to Herbert specifically? He seems like a guy that can outperform that ADP. Yeah, I think so. When I first saw this story that uh, that Herbert had been working in with the first team, I, honestly, I kind of dismissed it. I thought back to last year where Herbert was kind of that Alexander Madison uh, mm-hmm. for Chicago. When when Montgomery was out of the lineup, uh, Herbert was wrong. He averaged 20 carries a game and in four games that that Montgomery missed and 86 rushing yards, uh, nearly 14 fantasy points a game in those four contests. But when Montgomery was on the field, we hardly saw uh, Khalil Herbert at all. He scored less than three fantasy points a game, had less than three carries a game. But then I I remembered, we're talking about an entire new coaching staff here that includes Luke Getze from Green Bay. And we we know the history at Green Bay when it comes to their backfield. It doesn't matter if they have uh, Aaron Jones or who they have. They're getting multiple backs on the field. And I think that ultimately is going to be good news for Khalil Herbert and makes him a really nice bargain in all formats right now. Yeah. had a couple really nice games in week six and week seven, where he had that job to himself, 19 points, 18 points in PPR leagues really looked like a guy who could handle a workload if needed, at least in a small stretch. Let's jump over, I guess, back to that hall of fame game guys. Cause there was, there was one, quote-unquote star player on the field for the Raiders. No Derek Carr, no Devontae Adams, no Darren Waller. They all sat up or sat out. Josh Jacobs got five carries. Uh, Ryan, what do you make of Josh Jacobs playing in in the Hall of Fame game, really a meaningless uh, exhibition? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not a great sign uh, considering the the others that you mentioned did not play and, and so many of the starters for both teams did not play. I mean, they've kind of given us these signs all offseason though, right? I mean, they they declined the, the fifth-year option on Jacobs, uh, which potentially makes him a free agent following this season. Uh, they bring in uh, Zamir White, uh, and that's that's a year after signing Kenyon Drake to, to – to an overpriced deal. So, I mean, they're, they're not going to rely on Jacobs as their every down guy. And I thought uh, Zamir white played in that game as well, of course, being a rookie and, and looked really, uh, looked really good in my opinion. So uh, yeah, it's, it's just another reason to be slightly concerned about Josh Jacobs. I, I don't think I care about this news. I think we know that it's going to be some kind of committee, uh, from this game, from this backfield, I think my takeaway, I know Zamir White looked pretty good, but I think my takeaway is if I can capitalize and, and make a profit on Zamir White from my rookie draft, you know, if I got him in that late second, early third round, if I can do that, if I can turn around and flip him for something, you know, maybe a veteran that we're going to talk about later that can produce for us this season, then that by, might be something I'm willing to do. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I think Jacobs is still going to be involved, but probably less than, than usual. But I don't know if this is necessarily – a a sign of that. Mm, I, I said, I didn't want anything to do with David Montgomery. <clears throat> I really don't want anything to do with Josh Jacobs at this point. Uh, I, I saw that as all bad news myself. Something that's been good news out of, uh, out of New York, Elijah Moore, the jets wide receiver firmly implanted, according to Zach Rosenblatt of the athletic. Uh, he's, he's firmly established as the top option in New York's passing game. Ryan, I know you're not surprised by this. Guys with like Corey Davis and rookie Garrett Wilson. After after them, it's like Braxton Berrios and Denzel Mims, who might not even make the team. Right. So so now we're 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 really tooting the horn of Elijah Moore, but for good reason. He had a huge season last year. Once he got on the field, 
And he he seems like a breakout candidate in 2021. Yeah, in 2022 even. Yeah, I think he's right. a breakout candidate. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love Elijah Moore. He's been a, a target of mine in Dynasty Leagues and in Redraft Leagues, really in, in every format I can get him this offseason. Um, I mean, with this report, I would be disappointed if it were anything other than this, honestly. I, I mean, Corey Davis, I think, is a, a fine depth piece at this point. Garrett Wilson is certainly talented, but – if in a, a week or a week and a half of camp, Garrett Wilson had come in and overtaken Elijah Moore, that would be a concern. So I think this is basically what I expected. And uh, I do expect it to continue that Moore will be the, the man on this Jets roster. He really snapped off some big games in a five game stretch, scored more than 20 points three times. Uh, some wide receiver one games in there as well. And then of course went down with injury, missed the last four or five games of the season, Matt, but more looked like a wide receiver two for sure over that stretch. Who knows if he can hold that, hold up on that line all season long, certainly looked the part in a bad offense last season in 2021. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think he's still a top option. I, I, I don't think this is report is really revealing anything. I know I've seen some conversation out there that this is kind of like a like a T Higgins, uh, Jamar Chase scenario. Not necessarily from from the way they play or talent or anything like that, but just because you know more is the 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 incumbent so to speak as T Higgins was, and then they drafted someone higher, you know, to Chase to to Garrett Wilson's, um, just just the role. And I just don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I think I think long term. I would probably rather have Garrett Wilson, but for I don't see any reason why Elijah Moore would be would not be the top option. He didn't really produce well with Zach Wilson last year. It was more with the backup quarterbacks, but I don't really necessarily think there's anything there. Um, so, so yeah, I, I think these two are really just gonna they're gonna just play off of each other. And like like Ryan said, Corey Davis still there, probably gonna get some targets. Did you say um, Braxton Berrios might be cut? I don't think that's gonna happen. Danny. No, not Braxton got... Berrios. It's Denzel Mims. Denzel Mims. Oh yeah, she's definitely right? gonna get cut. Uh, I was gonna say because does... Braxton Berrios is somebody that does worry me for the production of these two. Uh, I think he's sure. going to be a thorn in their side. I like Berrios too. Um, I mean, you you mentioned that uh, Elijah Moore was was kind of up and down with with Zach Wilson. I mean, it seems like. Seems like Wilson kind of prefers <laughs> veterans, so uh, maybe. <laughs> oh my! No, maybe that now that Moore has a year wow. under his belt, he'll uh, he'll be better. Are you guys ready to talk trade? <laughs> let's talk trade. Yeah, let's talk trade. A few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, we talked about some veteran running backs. We really wanted to talk about and. This week, I put it out to you guys. Let's talk. Let's talk just veterans in general. Some low cost, cost aging veterans we want to trade for. Maybe some high priced aging veterans that we want to trade away. I didn't say talk wide receiver, but we may, we listed eight guys here, <laughs> fellas. We we listed eight <laughs> wide receivers. So let's talk about some aging veterans that are not going to cost us much that we really want to go get. Ryan, is there a guy for you? Yeah, I'm liking Robert Woods. Uh, he is the wide receiver uh, 54 right now in our ADP outside of the top 130 years old. Of course, joining a new team, but he looks to be the uh, uh, the leader of that team, uh, at least among their wide receiver depth chart for the Titans. We, we've heard some concerns about uh, the rookie Traylon Burks. Uh, they don't really have much other than some depth uh, beyond beyond those two. So I, th I think Woods could certainly be the top target for Ryan Tannehill here. And uh, like a lot of these guys that we're going to talk about, he is cheap. Uh, Robert Woods for Austin Hooper is a trade from our trade finder. Woods for Corderell Patterson. Woods for a second rounder. And this is a guy who, you know, he, he missed the back half of the season, missed the Super Bowl with that injury. And, and we've kind of written him off due to that age and injury. Past three years, when he's on the field, he is a wide receiver, one or two in 45% of his games. Yeah, I like that pick. I, I actually considered Woods as well. And I, I'm a little bit surprised, Ryan, that you went with Woods. He, he's been one of those guys in the past where when he was valued as a wide receiver three, 
you kind of shied away from him. But now that you're you're looking at him as a wide receiver five, you're in, you're investing. I like that. He's been one of the guys I've always been after. Matt, you listed a couple guys here. Who are you after? Those veterans that that you want to get on the cheap. Yeah, I, I kind of cheated. You put aging veterans on there, and I felt like I could get some veterans that um, that, that, that weren't weren't quite really so quite so aging. <laughs> <laughs> so I picked my first I, I can talk about both of you want but my primary one was KJ Hamler wide receiver 89 196 overall and he just gets a bump uh you know injured all of last year uh you know may have flashed his rookie season and now with Tim Patrick gone um we talked about injury a little bit last last week now he bumps up in the pecking order a little bit and the one thing we that I really know that we really know about Russell Wilson is he has that gorgeous deep ball that rainbow deep ball and I just see KJ Hamler running down the field kind of like uh you know not necessarily the same kind of player as 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 Tyler Lockett but that kind of reception down the field for him so uh, hopefully that happens a little bit more frequently now that Patrick is out of the picture um, so I expect this wide receiver 89 price to to definitely jump up here in August ADP. I like that one. He he was a guy I really liked coming out of Penn State. And I've just kind of felt like he's been buried on that depth chart. Hasn't got that opportunity. Maybe you're right. Now that Patrick is out of his way, he, he might get on the field a little bit more. You might as well mention the other guy that you had listed there. Yeah, I went with Michael Gallup too, uh, wide receiver 52-106 overall. And this is really just, uh, I, I think this reaction for him being this low is really a product of his injury, which it seems like he's going to be back sooner rather than later. You know, maybe he misses a few games to start the season, but I don't think he's missing six games or half the season. And it seems pretty clear that he's going to be the wide receiver too once he does come back. Uh, we are excited about Jalen Tolbert, of course, there, but now with James Washington injured. Um, you know, unless unless Tolbert really just steals that job, it seems like it's gallops to have once he gets back. So I'd expect this uh, this this wide receiver 52 ADP to increase as well. Yeah, I, I went with Jarvis Landry, wide receiver 77, 175 overall, a guy that, you know, new faces in new places. He lands in New Orleans where we're really outside of Michael Thomas sliding into the slot from time to time. They're in need of that guy that can run those underneath routes and, and really make an impact uh, on those short to intermediate, uh, the short to intermediate part of the field. Um, I, I really feel like that's a good fit. He's kind of going back home. He's seen everything you see on social media and every, everything coming from Landry says he loves being there and he's so happy to be there. I'm a believer that now he's a, he's one of these aging guys that, we see as a dynasty community as man he, he played all year last year and, and didn't have a wide receiver one's game all year long he, he barely got just just a few uh wide receiver two games it, we're, we're hoping for these eight nine catch games I, i'm not convinced that he needs that in new orleans i, th- I think with Michael Thomas there with Kamara there with a quarterback that that has proven in the past that that he's going to sling it when he needs to. I, I think there's a chance that he catches more than the three or four touchdowns that we expect from from a traditional slot receiver. And at wide receiver 77, I can buy into that. If, if you all you have to do is give up a, a third round pick or something similar to that. Um, you can even get him in a, as a throw-in right now. I'm trading for Jarvis Landry. I want him on all of my teams. How about somebody that that costs a little bit too much for your uh, for your wallet right now, Ryan? Is there somebody that you're trying to trade away? One of these vets that is overvalued. Yeah, I actually just had a, a similar conversation on uh, the Locked On Dynasty podcast and talked about this guy, Tyreek Hill. Uh, wide receiver 13 in our ADP. Uh, actually, we've got some new August ADP in the works. He dropped one spot. He's wide receiver 14 in that data. Um, still in the uh, in that second to third round range. Obviously, he's lost some value after the trade to Miami. I think he's going to lose some more value. 28 years old, downgraded quarterback that we've talked so much about. And uh, at least some reports from the Chiefs suggest that they might might have been worried that he was uh, starting to lose a step or, or slow down, which would obviously be uh, a major detriment to his game. So uh, he's he's the he's the one player in this uh, top 
top 25, top 30 that I would be trying to move before the season begins. Yeah, you you dipped into that elite range with with Tyreek Hill and I'm a little bit surprised because you've you've loved Tyreek at least on the field yeah. uh since he broke out with Kansas City, right? And and he's he's done so many good things. That, you know, we all hear those rumblings that maybe Kansas City thought that or you know, he talks a lot as well. And I, I don't know if that mixed in well in Kansas city. Now he's got the podcast going and he, he's constantly throwing people under the bus. I, I, it really feels like he's, he, he might've rubbed people the wrong way just a little bit and wore out his welcome there in Kansas city, even though nobody's really saying that. I, I, I like that pick uh, and dipping into the elite tier of receivers, Matt, you did the same thing. You went with a high end guy as well. Yeah, my primary choice was Stefan Diggs. And, you know, this is a move that you're probably only going to make on a, on a rebuilding team or a team where you're just so stacked, it doesn't matter. But Stefan Diggs, you know, people say he was disappointing last season. It wasn't really. <laughs> he still had an, an incredible season with, um, with 1,200 yards, 100 catches, 10 touchdowns. Uh, and we were disappointed just because the, the 2020 season was so massive for him uh, in terms of the deep ball. Um, so I think he's going to have a fine season in 2022, probably going to be a, a, a top 10 receiver again uh, from a fantasy standpoint. But he's going to be 29 years old before the season ends, which means next year we're going to be entering his age 30 season before the season ends. And I just see this 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 coming down. We've seen it with all of these elite guys, uh, whether it's DeAndre Hopkins or Julio Jones farther away, Tyree Kill, it started to happen to Devontae Adams it started to happen to. Um, so it's just inevitable at this point. If I can cash out for max value now, uh, get a couple of first round picks, get a first round pick and a, and a nice prospect that I like, um, something like that, uh, and, and keep it going, then I'd rather get out a year late, earlier than a year late on Stefan Diggs. Yeah, Diggs is a good choice. I like that for sure. Um, he's twenty, going to be 29 during the season, right? Yeah. Like, like the guy I chose, Keenan Allen, he's... He's 30 already. He's going to be 31 late in the season. So so fast forward a couple years. I can't believe Keenan Allen has held on to the value he's at. Wide receiver 25, 53 overall. And whether I'm a contender or not, guys, I am hunting out another contender that needs some wide receiver help and trying to sell him Keenan Allen at this point, him or her. Keenan Allen at this point, Mike Williams and Josh Palmer, who's got a lot of buzz. We didn't mention him in the startup, but there's been a lot of talk about Josh Palmer eating into care or opportunities in that wide receiver core out there uh, with the chargers and just all like trying to read the tea leaves and, and get a feel for if, if there's good buzz or bad buzz. You don't hear anything about Keenan Allen. And sure, he's the veteran, the guy who's been around, and, and there's just that expectation that he's going to be a big-time player and a guy that we're going to count on. I I like, I like love Keenan Allen. He's a great player. I've had him on so many teams. And I honestly, I want him on my team unless I can get some of the guys that are, are similarly valued right now according to our ADP. I'm moving him in a heartbeat. Um, because it's not going to last much longer. As I said, going to be 31 late in the season. And that's just, it, it, it just doesn't last that much longer. You mentioned Diggs, Matt. Keenan Allen's a couple of years older. Uh, I like the other name that you mentioned, Matt. He, he's, he's been a guy that I've been selling since he was a rookie. <laughs> Mike Evans, and he's 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 new to this list, you know. Now that we have good news with with Chris Godwin coming back, uh, I think it probably is time to at least think about that. He's seen a spike both both in you know underdog redraft ADP and in dynasty ADP, I believe, um, over the last month or so while we we're waiting for good news on Godwin, and we finally got that. He didn't start the offseason on the pup list, so we expect him back, you know, probably before week six. Um, and that's going to limit the massive season season that Mike Evans could have had. You know, we just saw massive target numbers coming his way, uh, and that's not necessarily going to happen. You know, that said, uh, if, if if he gets his ninth straight thousand yard season and has another ten touchdowns, I'm definitely not going to be surprised. This is more just a uh, you know sell because of age and what happens with receivers. You know, Keenan Allen, 25, Mike Evans. I bet he's you know closer to wide receiver 30 this time next year based on age. Stephon Diggs is probably down there where Keenan Allen was at this time at 25. So just these guys are all going to decline uh, in terms of value, not necessarily in terms of production for this season. For the record, I think Mike Evans is going to have a 
big year. He's going to be great. Oh, but I do too. I just don't think you, it's going to be you you know, wide receiver game, one overall like it could have been. You might break your TV when you watch him because he'll he'll give up <laughs> on a route and the ball will go over his head and Tom Brady will throw his hands up. Like, what are you doing, dude? And you're thinking it should have been a touchdown. It should have won me the game. I would have been a champion if not for stupid Mike Evans. Uh, guys, if you like fantasy football, you're going to love underdog fantasy. It's the easiest place to play uh, fantasy football all summer long. Ready to get in on $10 million in total prize money? Their best ball three contest, excuse me, best ball mania three contest is live. All you have to do is go to underdogfantasy.com or download the underdog fantasy app and draft the team today. It's that easy. No waivers, no trades, no in-season management. Underdog Fantasy gives you your best scores every single week and high scores at the end of the year win the big prizes. This summer is the perfect time to get started because, number one, it's never too early to be thinking about fantasy football. Obviously, we think about it all the time. And number two, last year's Best Ball Mania champion drafted their team all the way back in June. So get in there right now. Make your deposit up to $100. It will be matched when you sign up using the promo code DLF. That's like four free entries in Best Ball Mania 3 uh, for free. So what are you waiting for? Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Sign up with the promo code DLF and draft your Best Ball Mania 3 team today. And who knows? Maybe you'll be be in a draft with Matt, myself, or Ryan. It's time for the Rookie Report. This is one that I've been waiting to do, guys. The Rookie Report, we we did it all offseason, kind of previewing these guys. And now we get a chance to cover some of those training camp notes. They've been building up, and it's time to cover them all. So let's rapid fire these things and get through every one of these rookies that have been making some waves, either good or bad. And I'm going to be a homer to start this thing off. I want to talk about Romeo Dubs, wide receiver for the Packers, fourth round pick, Aaron Rodgers, the the quintessential quarterback that never likes to give any love to the r- rookies. He's been cro- proclaiming Dubs as, as the next big thing, that he makes wild plays every single day. It seems like... Uh, there, I, I mentioned the app that 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 sends the plays to to my phone, and I, I I see Dubs regularly now. He looks good in Packers in the Packers scrimmage, family night. Looked really good. Scored a couple touchdowns. Peter King believes he'll have a prominent role early. We all know there's opportunities, Ryan. We, there there's going to be a chance for somebody to get on the field. Right now, it looks like it's the fourth round rookie out of Nevada and a guy that we were getting. In the fourth round, in a lot of rookie drafts, just a few weeks ago, yeah, Dubs went undrafted even in uh, a couple of my earlier rookie drafts. So it's uh, you know it's tough to see that 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 we missed out on him in a few. Uh, but I mean, looking at the depth chart, you you said the key word there. It's, it's opportunity because we we've, we've got the names, and you know maybe Dubs is third or fourth on this depth chart right now. But I don't see a name on that list that he couldn't conceivably overcome. I mean, even Alan Lazard has been uh, a, a guy who's gaining value and, and has pretty high expectations as the uh, potential wide receiver one there. But I mean, even, even Lazard has not stood out as a, I mean, certainly not an elite talent or really anything special. He's just been a solid receiver over his career. So could, could dubs overcome Christian Watson? Certainly. Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, yes, for sure. Um, it it feels like a pretty high ceiling for Romeo Dubs right now. Matt, you're a Packer fan, and and I'm sure you're tuned in just like me. This this guy seems to be climbing up dynasty and and redraft ADP right now, and I, I don't see this flame going out anytime soon. No, I don't. And um, I mentioned a trade that I saw happen. And then Ryan mentioned a trade that you made. And so we knew, I think we should talk about this okay? Um, because the, he's had this meteoric rise. And I, I, I think he's great. I didn't know about him until the Packers drafted him. I didn't watch him before the Packers drafted him. But everything you see on, on tape, um, you know, I, I can see it. Um, but 
is he worth a second round pick now? Because that's what I saw him go for in one league. I think it was a 2024. And then I heard you just made a deal for him, including a second round pick too. I know that's a little bit of a different kind of league. So maybe if you can expand on your thinking there about like what makes him a second already, especially if it's a 2023 second. Yeah, it was a 2023 second and I, I swapped picks in the deal. So I got a third back and, and I was a team, I'm a team that, that is a contender and the other team was a is probably expected to be in a rebuild and and, okay. and looking towards the future so maybe it's only picks swapping a handful of picks a, you know five five picks at the most six seven eight picks at the most so that's the kind of deal i did i have heard about late rookie drafts that are happening right around now and dubs is creeping towards the second round if you were to do your rankings right now matt could you keep him out of the top 24, you think? Man, I'd really have to go back and look. Uh, I think Ryan talked about his recent ADP in the early third round pick. So, I mean, I definitely can see it happening now, especially in this class. My, I guess my question is, is as much as we like the next class, uh, you know, it, it, are, are people really willing to pay that? And I guess they are. So, um, yeah, I mean, with this class, the way the way that into the second round looks, I could I can definitely see him sneaking in there in these late late drafts. The three of us watched the NFL draft together, and Matt, I don't know if you remember, but we sat next to each other when Romeo Dubs got picked, and I said, "Oh, I love that pick," and you loved it too because you wanted another wide receiver. And I said, that guy's going to get deep a couple times this year. And and uh, so I love the pick. I thought he should have been a day two pick rather than a day three pick. He's been making plays against Jair Alexander and Eric Stokes and last year's breakout, Rasul Douglas. Those, those, aren't, those are professional corners. And, you know, you see this guy as a rookie making those types of plays. You see Aaron Rodgers comparing him to the starts of the career to of of guys like like Greg Jennings and and uh Devontae Adams, other top ten receivers in Packers history that that uh that he's played with. And I think to myself, I want as many shares as Romeo dubs as I can. He's well, gonna be if you're having a rookie draft in the next couple of weeks he's going in the second round, I'm sure. So so here's the next the, the next question that comes through my mind, Dan, is I mean, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it's maybe more than likely now that he outproduces Christian Watson in year one, mm-hmm. uh, especially if Watson doesn't get back from this, this, this cleanup surgery, all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, w- I mean, it seems ridiculous to say I'm going to trade trade Christian Watson for him, but at this time next season, we could be certainly be talking about Dubs, um, you know, over just based on the production from year one, and and Watson has the athletic upside, all that kind of stuff, but you know, that doesn't necessarily always matter with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. He doesn't necessarily need the athletic freak to to make a productive wide receiver. So, how far are we moving Watson down now uh, with with this news mm-hmm. and and the combined news of him struggling? It's it's certainly something worth worth digging into, right? It, it, like I, t- I talked about Dubs moving into the second round. Watson at this point, Ryan, he's moving back into the second round at this point as well, right? He, you're not picking him in the top 12 picks if you have a rookie draft coming up. Yeah, it's trending that way for sure. Uh, one one tool that I love on DLF is our MFL rookie ADP. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my favorite thing to do with that is filter by date. So that is a, that's rookie ADP data pulled straight from my fantasy league rookie drafts. And uh, of course you can look at, uh, take a look at that throughout the off season, or as I said, you can filter by dates. I looked at drafts that have taken place just over the last week. We're talking mm. since the first of August. Um, there haven't, haven't been a ton of them. Uh, we're relatively small sample size, but um, looks like uh, around 30 rookie drafts have happened over the last week. Uh, I, I love that updated data that we can get from that Romeo dubs is up to 26 overall. So just outside the third round, uh, outside the second round, I should say, and Christian Watson, uh, down to 11 overall. So Mm -hmm. yes, they're, they're definitely trending in different directions toward each other. Great data there. And those are real drafts in real leagues. Those aren't mocks. We're talking about the, the, the good stuff there for sure. Uh, dubs with the arrow pointing up, 
Watson, of course, with the arrow pointing down. Speaking of NFC North wide receivers that maybe were overlooked during draft time, Valus Jones Jr., Matt, he, he's that... That guy that was kind of overdrafted, maybe a semi-surprising third-round pick for the Bears. There's some good news with Jones Jr. Big intentions, according to Peter King, for the rookie wideout. Um, not much competition with just Byron Pringle, who's banged up, and Nikhil Hurry, uh, excuse me, Harry, who's also got some injury concerns in Chicago. There might be a path to dynasty relevance early for Valus Jones Jr. I I mean I sure <laughs> I guess it's Throw he's not he's not fire, he's not man. for me he's just not for me he's too old he was producing as as a as a grown man against um against against kids right I mean I just maybe it works out maybe the the whole somebody's got to catch a ball argument is is going to play out for this but I'm I'm not interested I like Cole Komet I like um you know I, I like Justin Fields and that's pretty much all I want from the Bears at this point I think. Ryan, he's wide receiver 94, 211 overall. He is the definition of free. Yeah, he's nearly free in those rookie drafts as well. Uh, same time period, just over the last week, he's 35 overall. So you're using your late third rounder on him, uh, which, which is fine. That being said, I mean, Greg Dulcich is down there. Yeah. Peter Strong is down there. Calvin Austin is down there. I'd yeah, rather I'll have all, all those, those guys, guys. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'll take all those guys. Traylon Burks, Ryan, you mentioned him earlier. Not, not the best vibes, right? Coming out of Tennessee so far, working with the second and third string is the latest report. Of course, he missed a bunch of mini camp, had some health stuff, conditioning issues. That was a blurb that we all read about. Uh, some route running problems in practice early on in camp, and now this with the with the second and third string thing. Um, I'm as big a Traylon Burks fan as there is, I think, and and I'm at least concerned. Yeah, I think the I think the concern, the the hate, the uh, the criticism is probably going a little too far in this case. I mean we've certainly seen reports that Burks is running with the ones as well, or, or getting, uh, getting snaps with the first team, uh, which should not be a surprise again, given the, the depth chart there. I mean, he's a rookie who had a, had a rough early off season. So I'm, I'm not too worried yet. You know, I'm, I'm still taking Reese Hall ahead of him. I'm taking Drake London ahead of him. I'm taking Chris Olave ahead of him as well at this point, but that's it. He's still my, he's still my one Oh four in a, in a single quarterback league. And, and even in a, a super flex league, actually um, I'm, I'm kind of interested in, in buying low on Burks, if that's an opportunity. Matt. Yeah, I, I agree with Ryan. This is, I mean, maybe it, maybe it's something we're not going to know until the regular season if it is, but you know, I just, I, I'm going to keep going back to the, to his profile and how I felt about him. Um, before all of this bad news, we some of the things we knew. We knew he wasn't a complete route runner. We knew we didn't necessarily know he's going to have conditioning issues, um, but we knew he was going to be raw coming out. Um, I guess my one worry is that they try to fit him into this particular offense, and it doesn't necessarily work out because that's not the style of player he is. But he's you know he's a yak monster. If they get the ball into his hands early in in, in the route. Uh, off of screens, off of these kind of things. Um, you know, maybe he's not separating on routes, but we've seen him be comfortable with that defender right on his hip in contested catch situations. So he, all of this stuff, I just think, is is noise that is going to – maybe the less experienced dynasty players are going are gonna to balk at this and maybe kind of try to get out now uh, thinking they're, they're getting their 90 cents on the dollar when it's going to go, go you know, lower than that. And I, I think the other thing, I think he's just going to get more and more comfortable – so what if he's with the two and threes right now? Let's let's let the preseason play out and uh, stick with our our, our pre draft um, assessments of this guy for now. I, at least that's how I'm operating. Yeah, I like that. That that's good advice for sure. Uh, as I said, Burks, one of my guys, and and a guy that I had is the 101, even coming out of the coming out of the first round of the NFL draft. Um, 
I, I think you, you're on to something there, Matt. This this isn't the greatest landing spot, and he needs to get his feet wet and get get ready to be an NFL receiver in a run-first offense. We'll see how that plays out. We have a handful more guys to get through here. Let's do it really quickly, fellas. Alec Pierce, lining up with the starters since day one. He is getting some headlines, Ryan. Your thoughts on Pierce as a value rookie? Yeah, another another guy I like mostly due to his opportunity. Um, I think he's pretty easily going to be the second best guy there. I know I know both of you like Paris Campbell. I'm not not quite there with and ready to trust him. I would rather have certainly rather have Pierce in a dynasty league. So uh, this yeah, this is good news. I like Pierce. Yeah, another note about the the Indianapolis Colts rookies rookie tight end Jelani Woods. Reports that he's struggling, so keep that in mind if you got a late rookie draft. He, he's getting pushed down to the end of the roster in 25 and, and more uh, roster spot leagues. Matt, Isaiah Pacheco, he's gotten so much pub here in the last couple of weeks since training camp kicked off. Already appears to be the main kick returner there in Kansas City. Now he's running routes in the slot despite being a running back. Uh, splitting time with Ronald Jones with CEH sidelined so far. He was one of the stars of camp, according to multiple reports. 4.3740 at the Combine. I I don't know what you think of Pacheco. He snuck up on me. I didn't know a lot about him. But all of these blurbs that you continue to read have me kind of excited about his upside. Yeah, I mean, he could be from an athletic perspective. I think he's he could be, you know, you signed Ronald Jones. I think he could certainly be that as a runner. Uh, I think he's probably already a better cash catcher than Ronald Jones. So, you know, maybe Jones gets some gets the early down work to start the season. I just, uh, uh, you know, just they've already paid him. So you might as well get some kind of money. But I think they're going to see pretty quickly that that Pacheco does what he does. Uh, what Jones does and and adds a little bit extra on top of that. So I'm excited to see what Pacheco does. Uh, CH obviously going to be involved once he's healthy, but I mean, I see no reason why Pacheco couldn't be the two. Yeah. I, I really, I'm really digging, digging what's happened there. What, what do you think, Ryan? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly interested. I feel like every, at the end of every season, I look back at, at, at a player who broke out and I think, we should have seen it's coming. And, and usually that's due to situation. And I, I'm trying to get ahead of that a little bit. This feels like it might be one of those spots, yeah. right? I mean, Ronald Jones and Clyde Edwards Hilaire have been two of the most disappointing uh, fantasy running backs over the past several years. And could, could this relatively unknown rookie come in and, and steal work from both of them? Yeah, I think it's certainly possible. And, you know, maybe even there's a chance that four or five, six months from now, we're sitting here saying we should have seen this coming because these two had had not really done anything hardly. And and somebody, you know, the, somebody was primed to come in and, and take their work. Yeah, Pacheco was a stud at uh, at Rutgers. I, I watch a lot of Big Ten football he was the best player on the, on that offense for sure led the team in rushing for 3 seasons and and really looked like like one of those scat backs traditional kind of scat backs that can can kind of make those big plays suddenly and turn a fantasy uh week into a big one with with one big play uh, also worth noting, Sky Moore, he's been impressive. Lots of good notes about Sky Moore out of Kansas City, but he's missing time with a hip injury, so keep that in mind when you when you set your expectations for early in the season. Ryan, Damian Pierce out of Houston reports that Pierce is the best running back in Houston's camp. Probably not surprising considering the, the other veterans that are there. Uh, many are re- predicting Pierce will lead the Texans in carries. Is there enough meat on the bone there for dynasty managers to get excited? I think so. Certainly because he's a rookie, right? I mean, we're excited. Uh, we're, we're at least interested in, in every starting back once it comes time to, to submit lineups uh, when that's a, a rookie on a, um, on this offense like this, where he could, 
you know, he could end up seeing a huge bulk of the carries. Uh, I think we have to be interested. His value on the way up as well, 14 overall in those rookie drafts from the past week. For good reason as well. Um, I think people are getting excited about his upside as a rookie, and maybe he can run with that opportunity. Kenny Pickett, meanwhile, Matt, listed as the QB3 on the opening depth chart. I'm not all that concerned about that. The The Steelers are a pretty traditional franchise. They, they like to make those rookies earn it a little bit. I, I seem to remember a little bit of Najee Harris maybe being lower on the depth chart in the first week of uh, – of training camp what is your thoughts on Pickett? yeah i think we're going to see him at some point this season unless trubisky somehow keeps them competitive you know the, the large majority of the season i could see this team being like a a nine and i guess nine and eight team now you know nine and eight uh some, somewhere around that range where, where they're going to need some kind of veteran presence to you know get over the edge to make the playoffs um, if they if if they happen to be you know that that good, but otherwise I think we're going to see Pickett at some point this season, and this is this is just them paying respect to the you know presumed starter, the guy they paid, um, and probably the guy that gives them the best chance to win at this point in Pickett's career. So he just needs a little bit more development. I think we all know at this point that they overdrafted him in the first round. Probably could have had the same player in the second round if they had wanted them or maybe even the third round who knows um so we're just going to be waiting and seeing with Pickett. Uh, i wouldn't expect to start him you know until the second half of the season if that and in, in fantasy i still think i don't i don't think any of us are starting him in fantasy maybe all year and maybe even in super flex leagues i kind of still expect him to be the starter on day one and really yeah i'm I, Okay. You know, this, oh. they gave they gave Roethlisberger uh, that job. I don't know, I man. Know he's big he's that bad two guys. But I, I think they want him to 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 get his feet wet as a rookie. Uh, James Cook, Ryan, running back for the for the Bills. Head coach Sean McDermott says he's quote opened some eyes in the quote run and pass game. I don't know what else Sean McDermott is going to say about when he's asked about a rookie <laughs> running back. Uh, yeah. But, but the fact that he put the running game in there as well, maybe that's the note to make. We're expecting him to be a passing game option. Maybe he can mix in as a runner as well. I think he definitely can. And, and like so many of these guys that we've talked about today, it's all about competition. I mean, Devin Singletary and, and Zach Moss have both been just okay and that's it so again could a rookie come in and, and take their work yep and and james cook is is definitely talented enough to do that not only in the passing game but on the ground as well this rookie is not going to take any work from the starters but is impressing in chargers camp that's a isaiah spiller he's working with that second and third team but he's got austin eckler in front of him matt uh there there's been some reports that that physicality is starting to pop. He's that guy that can make some plays between the tackles. He was a big time player in college. We were excited about him coming into the NFL draft. Pretty nice landing spot as a long-term option, but maybe there's some short-term appeal as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, this is the kind of player that starts to show up on in, in news reports once we get to, you know, actually padded practices and stuff. You know, he's not going to pop early in the offseason in those mini camps when they weren't running with pads and he had some, you know, not great reports uh, at that stage in the process. But now we're here uh, and, and he's going to do what they drafted him to do to spell Austin Eckler. And at certain times, you know, I don't think they want Eckler to have. Uh, you know, 276 touches in the regular season necessarily again. Uh, and that efficiency that Eckler put up, they're going to need that uh, as the season goes on. You know, this is a longer season now. They want Eckler. They want their best players to be available during the playoffs. So I can definitely see a scenario where if Spiller is good enough, if he's better than Roundtree, if he's better than Joshua Kelly, which I think we all think he is, um, that he gets some work in, in his rookie season. So I'm very excited to see what Spiller does in his rookie year. He's going to have a lot of work in the preseason, and I think he's yeah. going to turn some heads. People are going to get excited. He could be rising in late rookie drafts as well. The last rookie we need to talk about is George Pickens, wide receiver from Pittsburgh. Got a little buzz there, turning some head heads in uh, Steelers camp, Ryan. 
But there are a lot of mouths to feed with Deontay, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth. We they got a massive running game and a questionable quarterback situation. I love the news. I, I love that he's making these plays in camp. But I think expectations still need to be tempered just a little bit with Pickens early in his career. Yeah, probably so. If no other reason than because of this quarterback situation that we talked about, you know, if it's not Kenny Pickett, it's uh, it's Mitch Trubisky. And uh, I don't know if we should be too encouraged by either one really right now. But uh, I, I talk to my buddy Matt Williamson often about the Steelers and get those updates, especially this time of year. He's in training camp and seeing these guys every day. And he continues to uh, gush about George Pickens. Uh, he, he has already told me he would easily prefer him over, uh, over Chase Claypool in dynasty and, uh, just really straight up as an NFL receiver. And he actually, Matt actually mentioned today that he's starting to get hints that if one of these wide receiver needy teams call about Chase Claypool, he would be available in a trade. Wow. So that, that's good information. Maybe, maybe Pickens will get a, a big opportunity earlier than expected. Uh, we'll see how he plays in the preseason as well. I'm looking forward to seeing him on the field. All these teams are in action in the next handful of days. We'll get to see a lot of these rookies. A lot of veterans as well will be on the field, and, and we'll get a good feel for where we're at with our Dynasty rosters. Uh, if you haven't already, make sure to set that lineup for week one. See where those needs are. You still have a few weeks to to shore up some problem areas or or maybe to trade one of those veterans that we talked about earlier in this, uh, earlier in this episode. We want to thank our sponsor of this episode, the easiest place to play fantasy football. That's underdogfantasy.com. Get the app, play the game, play against Matt or Ryan or myself. We're, we're out there doing that as well. For Matt and Ryan, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening to this episode of the DLF Dynasty Podcast. We'll catch you again next week. Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.